0: I haven't been posting for two or three days now because I've been working on real programmed applications of the chatbot and, of course, whenever this happens, you get sucked into a kind of vortex of programming insanity where even the simplest things don't work and then the really difficult things seem to work almost too easily. So, if I could ask you to bear with me, I have decided that it's really important to understand something about embeddings before we go any further. When we send text to a chatbot, it has to make sense of it. And clearly, we've dealt with a lot of this already because we've said many times, that as a conversation gets longer the chatbot reaches back to the beginning every time and tries to make its reply such that it takes into account everything that's been said so far. When the conversation is over it, at least for the time being, forgets about it. I'm not going to go over all that again. This does, however, raise a question. So the chatbot keeps going back and it recalculates all the parameters that are related to the whole conversation and it contextualizes them and we've said that an encoder such as BERT will produce for a given length of new text an encoding which is not quite the same as the number of words But if you imagine an input by a user, a prompt of, let's say, 50 words, BERT might, through the tokenizer, slice it up into, let's say, 100 slices. And then the encoding will produce, it depends on the model, a vector, a list of numbers, For each of those slices, approximately 768, although by now it may be 1,536 or whatever. You get the message. Tokens long, uh, not tokens, uh, uh, numbers long. So an encoding, and let me say here that I think it's particularly unfortunate that it uses that particular word for reasons I'm about to come back to, and encoding will take the input text from the user and convert it into a string of vectors each one of which refers to a particular slice of the original text and it doesn't slice on characters and it doesn't slice on words it slices on bits of words but that's not really important. What matters is that the encoding produces a long sequence of vectors which are its representation of the text that was given to it. Now clearly an encoder needs, in some sense or other, to be decodable because otherwise when the encoder gives the decoder what it's produced from this input the decoder won't be able to make any sense of it and certainly not communicate back to the user in a way that is intelligible. So I am going to take it, although I have to say that there are some ifs and buts associated with this, that an encoder always produces an encoding that is reversible. You could always, were you so minded and suitably equipped with the right technology, go back from the encoding... To the original text. Park all that and then say well what is an embedding then? I think that an embedding has two principal differences from that. The first is that if we take our thousand words that produce an encoding that could be longer or shorter depends on the words Essentially, the encoding will produce many, 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 many vectors. Depending on how long the text is, each vector, say, 768 numbers long. An embedding won't do that. If you upload a string of text that's, let's say, 1,000 characters to the latest OpenAI embedding software, which is called text-embedding-ada-002, it's a version 2 embedding, if you do that, then irrespective of how long the text is, up to a limit, which is at the moment 8,192 tokens, but there is a limit, irrespective of how long it is up to that limit, the the embedder, ADA, let's call her, will return an embedding of exactly the same length, 1536 numbers. And it's not a coincidence that 1536 is double seven six eight, which is itself three times 256, which is two to the eight. The number of ways of arranging the bits in an eight-bit byte. So what I'm saying is this. An embedding up to the limit that it can deal with, which with ADA, as I say, is 8192 tokens, will produce an embedding which is always of the same length, 1536. And you may well say, well, why? And I'll come back to that in a minute. But the important thing here is that, whereas an embedding may be reversible, It doesn't need to be, because the thing you're going to use an embedding for doesn't depend upon it being reversible. Why not? Let's suppose that I take a text, 1,000 words. I take another text, 1,500 words. I don't know what the limit for the 8192 is, but suppose 6,000, 7,000 words maybe. Who knows? I can take texts from all kinds of sources of all kinds of lengths, And I can upload them one by one and Ada will produce an embedding and every single one of these embeddings will be a vector which is 1536 numbers long. Now those vectors we can compare and we can compare them by essentially saying What's the angle between them? There are there are many, many ways you can do this calculation, but I'm going to stick with just yes, the simple one. If you imagine your two arms pointing in two directions in three-dimensional space, it's a reasonable question to ask what's the angle between the two directions that they're pointing? If you imagine, well, which of course you can't two arms in 768 or 1536 dimensional space pointing, it still makes sense to ask, what's the angle between them? And I think it's fairly clear, if you just think about two arms pointing in two directions, that the closer the direction in which the two arms are pointing, the more likely it is that the two sets of words, the two texts upon which that vector has been calculated, will be either very similar, or possibly even by the same author. Whereas, if you compare two texts from completely different authors, perhaps from completely different times in history, on completely different subjects, then they could indeed point in opposite directions, in 180 degree different directions, or anything in between. And one of the things that we use embeddings for is precisely that calculation. How alike or unalike are these two texts? Which is why the embedding doesn't allow the length of the text to influence the length of the embedding. Because obviously – Bob, I'm sorry, not obviously – if you're not a mathematician maybe it's not obvious, but to mathematicians it will be obvious. But you can't compare two vectors that don't have the same number of elements in them. Not easily, anyway. Or legitimately. So it always returns 1,536 numbers in a one-dimensional vector. And they can be multiplied together to calculate the angle between them. And the smaller the angle is, the more in agreement they are. That doesn't mean that if they're in very close agreement, the two texts must be by the same author or must be on the same subject. But as you can probably imagine, when you've got as many dimensions as that, the probability that they're pointing in the same direction by chance is vanishingly small, close on zero. So an embedding, which you can do very easily, And it's very cheap. You get about 3,000 pages of text for a dollar. An embedding can provide you with an enormous amount of information that you can use to test whether things are in agreement, to what extent they're not in agreement. Exactly how you interpret that data is, of course, a very much more difficult and subtle matter. But the difference between an embedding and an encoding is, let me just repeat, that an embedding will, given a particular implementation, always have a particular length. There will, of course, be a limit to the input text, but it will have that length regardless of that input text. It is not necessarily reversible, so given the embedding you cannot necessarily go back and say what the original text was, which isn't to say that you can't, just that you don't need to be able to. Whereas with an encoding, you get multiple vectors of indeterminate length, maybe 1536, maybe 768, who knows. But you get hundreds or thousands of them for a particular text, and they therefore go elsewhere and are used differently. So reversibility in the case of an encoding is very important because what's the point of encoding something you can't decode? But that's because you're going to use it in a decoder that is going to do something with it to produce an answer or a completion or whatever it may be of the kind that we get from chat GPT and its descendants and successors. So that's embedding and encoding. and I'm sure there's a lot more to it those two differences really matter. Thank you for listening.